tell you something, Bill, and I think this is going to make you very, very happy on this commemoration of D-Day. The, I know you're getting ready to release your book about President Trump coming out in September, but the Killing Series, which is uh, eight books, everybody from Jesus to Lincoln to Kennedy to Reagan. We had somebody call us about 15 minutes ago, and they were going on and on about how great killing Patton is. So I know, obviously, the killing of the SS on a day like today would make sense to read, but literally got a call 10 minutes ago from somebody who loved the Patton book. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I mean, your, your listeners are so bright, you know. <laughs> I mean, Kirk and, and, and Sid, uh, you got probably the most intellectual audience in the country. No question. Far. No question. Killing um, the SS as well. Uh... Yeah, you and Howard Stern. You know how that is. <laughs> um, but anyway, that. Killing Patton, uh, one of my favorite of the killing books, because it basically shows that American fighting people um, were the best. I mean, it, it, and this is not a jingoistic or chauvinistic statement. And, I, and I'm watching the coverage today. And by the way, George Patton, America's best general in World War II, was not allowed to participate in D-Day because of political correctness. He smacked the uh, soldier. Uh, no. He insulted some women um, by uh, besmirching England in a speech. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Eisenhower, who, who you know, thought that George Patton was, was this bad kid in the, in the dumb row. Uh, he knew he was a great general, but it, it, Patton was obviously so politically incorrect for his time. Um, and so he was not allowed. He was used as a diversion. But then after the D-Day uh, was successful, then Patton came over with the Third Army and cut through the Germans, and that's what killing Patton is all about. But anyway, as I'm watching the, uh, the coverage and my theme today on BillOReilly.com and, and my commentary on the radio is safe space. And I keep going back, I keep thinking, would American young people today be able to do what my father, my father was in the Pacific, but all of our fathers and grandfathers did 75 years ago. And, and I don't, safe spaces? You think there was a safe space in Normandy mm-hmm. 75 years ago? Are there any safe spaces? Hell no. no. Okay, nobody even thought that way. That's the big difference in America. Nobody even thought that way. Um, it was, all right, here's my life. Here's what I'm required to do, and I'm going to do it. Not everybody, but 90%. And therefore, when the draft was implemented after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, um, there weren't any people uh, whining about it. You know, there were a few bad apples, but there always are. But the mass of Americans said, okay, it's up to us to liberate the yeah, world. But that, didn't, that, that didn't start today. I mean, you go back to the riots and the streets for Vietnam, that's, that's 50 years ago. But you know what is interesting about that is that the soldiers, the American soldiers in Vietnam, despite Hollywood, were magnificent yeah. under the worst possible circumstances. My cousin uh, was a hero in Vietnam. And, and what, were, what were we there for? We were there to liberate and to keep free Southeast Asians, Vietnamese. We weren't there to conquer anybody, but you never know that by, by what happened. But the, the essential point, and I think everybody needs to think about this today, is 
could younger Americans do now what they did 75 years ago? And I think the answer is no. I tend to agree. It's certainly doubtful. I mean, the the greatest generation, of course, fought the war, grew up under adverse conditions, the the Depression. uh, They knew suffering, they knew hardship, and they knew sacrifice. And today's generation does not know that stuff. No, and I I want to carve out a a, a caveat here. It's not the military. When I was in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, and I made it a point to go there during at the hot part of the wars in both countries. Our military, the volunteer military who were there, the young Americans who were there, are magnificent. Magnificent, yep. just like as they were in Vietnam. All right, so uh, there's a carve-out. There, there is a percentage of Americans who, who understand that the United States is the beacon of freedom, and that's a cliche, but we really are that we stand against ISIS and al-Qaeda. We stand against uh, these tyrannical nations that enslave people, still to this day. And they sign up and they put their lives on the line. But the majority of college campuses, if you go there (laughs) and you look and talk to these students, it's frightening what's happened. You have been hearing about gold all over the news. Prices keep going up. Experts are warning a recession is here. It's time to prepare. A recent analyst this week says he sees gold going up hundreds of dollars per ounce to hit 1700 That's why I recommend you check out the Hartford Gold Group to learn more. To get you started, the Hartford Gold Group will gift you a free silver coin. If you're watching the No Spin News, you can get the free coin from the Hartford Gold Group. No purchase necessary. All you have to do is call 877 444 G-O-L-D Gold, 877-444-GOLD. Please call today. Is political correctness getting a little bit too toxic, a little bit too all-encompassing, a little bit too intolerant? Well, Bill O'Reilly certainly thinks so, and uh, he's written a provocative column that suggests that we may be coming up to a citizen uprising from the grassroots that would sweep a lot of this away. And uh, Bill O'Reilly, who needs no introduction, information about his latest ventures, including a very exciting one that is sweeping the media world, and, uh, and, and his books are posted on our website. He also has a future number one bestseller, another number one bestseller coming out this uh, fall uh, called The United States of Trump. Uh, Bill, it's great to welcome you back to the show. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you reading my column on BillOReilly.com. It's uh, pretty frightening what's happening. Well, it's, it is. And, and again, we're talking, it's laughable when you think it's just Berkeley. And Berkeley has passed a city ordinance now, and it passed unanimously at the city council, where in all statutes, and all municipal codes, everywhere, they aren't going to use the offensive terms he or she anymore. Everything is they. So that, for instance, if you were talking about uh, if an individual comes into a restroom, they, uh, that's that's the way it has to work. Also, no manhole. Are there other terms that are banned? Do you remember some of the others that are banned? Yeah, firefighter uh, has to replace fireman and firewoman. Brother and sister are out. They're siblings. 
you can't say somebody's straight because that implies if they're straight, then the people who aren't straight, something wrong with them. I mean, they have a, a, an extensive list. Uh, it's just, um, but it, it is laughable. You use the word laughable. Yes, you can mock it. You can laugh at it. But it's totalitarianism, and that's the uh, seriousness of it. And George Orwell, of course, in 1984, his novel, predicted a society that would have what they call new speak. That's exactly what Berkeley, California, and Colorado State University, among others, are doing. Let's talk about this uh, situation in Colorado State University. They, they don't want any usage in the university. They have their uni- inclusive language guide that says the term America is no longer to be used. And why not? And freshman. You can't call somebody a freshman. I mean, I, I, what, do you, what does that mean? If you're a freshman, you're not a freshman? Um, so America, according to – and the university goes out of its way to stress that this isn't uh, punishable. If you violate their guidelines, you don't get punished. The Colorado State University is in Boulder. The University of Colorado Boulder is noted for its incredible left-wing uh, left uh, atmosphere on campus. CSU is further north and, and has always been kind of a moderate place, but the kooks have taken over. And they say, well, you can't say America because what about Central America? What about, what about South America and Mexico and Canada? They're part of the American heritage. And by just saying America, you exclude them. So how, how would we... not being inclusive. How would we change our unofficial national anthems, for instance, uh, America the Beautiful or God Bless America? What would you say? Well, uh, number one, we're the only country that has the word America in its definition. We are the United States of America. All right. We don't have any place else that has that. No other country. There are regions, but they're not countries. So we are entitled to shorten the United States of America to America. We are entitled by our nation's name to do that. So <laughs> then the academic pinheads who are devoid of any and all logic will say, but if you do it, you're not being nice and fair. You're not. And I'm saying to myself, you guys are loons. The American, pardon, the American citizen is soon going to revolt against this. And Trump knows it. That, that's, this is the beginning of it. The uh, mod squad. Everybody calls them the squad. I call them the mod squad. Uh, the four radical congressmen. You, you know what I think we should call them? The four freshmen. <laughs> right. That would be great. Then they, you would be branded a fascist. Well, it, of course. You, but you, you're, you're old enough to remember the four freshmen. They were pretty cool sure. once upon a time. Go, go ahead. Yeah, but you can't say the word freshman. No, of course not. Um, and, and particularly to these women who want to be defined in ways that are, you know, fairly oblique. But, but Trump understands that there's going to be a backlash against all this, and he's kind of get, trying to get out in front of it. He doesn't want to run against Joe Biden or whoever the Democrats are going to put up there. He wants to run against the system, the far-left system, what they're promoting, the entire vision. And he's using these four mod squatters as the poster children, and that's what's happening. 
Uh, last last month, uh, Multnomah County, which is the largest county in the state of Oregon, 800,000 population, includes the city of Portland, they passed a measure replacing all gendered pronouns with a singular use of they and related words. Um, Miami, the city of Miami, replaced gendered words in 2017. So it's not just berserkly that we're talking about. And what's interesting is they say that a uh, a Sophie Hahn. Now you're a former school teacher, right? You taught history yep. once upon a time. High school, yeah. And uh, and I I bet you had a great time doing it, as I've had with my own teaching experience. But Sophie Hahn, who was a Berkeley City Council member, uh, says that she was the one person who expressed hesitation about this change. She said it kind of bugs me when I hear it. I don't like it. And what she doesn't like. Uh, or what they don't like is, and and I'm, and I'm not even sure how you do that if you're changing it. If you're changing the she to they, is it they doesn't like? Is that what we're going to now, Mr. O'Reilly? Well, grammar doesn't really matter to them. Um, it's all virtue signaling. So the... Um a council member who spoke to the San Francisco Chronicle in Berkeley said, well, we're doing this so uh, everyone knows that men really aren't running things anymore. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an attack on men and male dominance, white supremacy. That's what all of this is. So this is a serious thing. It's not a, you know, it's it's comical because of Fredo and, and all that, but it's really somebody's going to get hurt. Now, when you step back and you say, well, what what's the fuse here? The fuse is, hey, Trump, that's the, the, the fuse of all of this, whether it be conservative individuals confronting Cuomo or liberal individuals confronting you and me. It's all about Trump, because now in the country there is a license to hate all right, so 007 and a license to kill. Now you've got a license to hate, and the media has gleefully, gleefully embraced that hatred. So when you see it every day on CNN, where Cuomo works, and every day on his program, then unstable or immature individuals are going to act that out in public. The only thing I disagree with, if you look at the top fold New York Times yesterday, um, Anybody that talked about the millions and millions and millions of illegal immigrants and these big caravans, if they've ever used the word invasion, they tried to tie that to the actions of this psycho in El Paso, Texas. But if we take that thinking to its logical conclusion, well, then that would mean that Bernie Sanders was responsible for the ball field Scalise shooting and Elizabeth Warren is responsible for the Dayton shooting and you know, anybody, we have three about 300 overdoses from heroin in this country every week. 90% of that heroin crosses that southern border or those that 1% of the criminal element uh, that is involved in human trafficking, drug trafficking, or criminal enterprises, including murder in the U.S. If we don't have a border wall, then those that oppose it, they would be responsible for all those crimes. I hold individuals responsible for what they do. I said at the time, Bernie Sanders is not responsible for what happened when Steve Scalise got shot. Steve Scalise agreed with that. And I think this blame game and that words motivate people to be psychos because we have political disagreements, 
That is an intellectually lazy and dishonest argument to me. All right. But where does it all go back to, Hannity? Where does the New York Times article go back to? It all goes back to Trump. That's true. I agree with that. Everything goes back. Look, the hatred in this country now is as high as it's ever been since the Civil War. That's a historical fact. And what is driving that loathing is media that is so crazed, and that's the word, that Donald Trump is president, that all standards of behavior have collapsed. So, well, well, you mean that when MSDNC, the conspiracy network, uh, literally had one of their anchors say that Trump is talking about exterminating Latinos and there are no repercussions for that kind of commentary? No, there are no rules. Comcast refuses to impose standards on its employees, and so does CNN. That's AT&T. So that's what you have. Now, if you, again, step back and you say... If you have 3,000 people organized in a Central American country marching toward the United States to try to violate our immigration laws and our border, what would you call that? Uh, That's an invasion. You can't say that according to those on the left. But that's what it is. Bill, I'm not disagreeing with you. No, I know that. So then you say to yourself— Well, the New York Times knows that. They know it's an invasion because that's the definition of the word. You've seen me talk about the conservative alternative to AARP, known as AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. While an AMAC membership offers you many discounts, perhaps the greatest benefit is their free magazine, something I look forward to reading every month. Covers topics that are important. Past issues have covered the resurgence of socialism, freedom of capitalism, rise of global anti-Semitism and the left's war on wisdom with plans for open borders, Medicare for all, controversial Green New Deal. Less than 20 bucks a year, an AMAC membership, including the magazine, can be yours. Join more than one million fellow Americans right now at amac.us, amac.us. And yes, I'm a proud member. Please visit amac.us, amac.us. There is a a huge incentive for Donald Trump to make everyone understand that the squad is the Democratic Party. And if they are the face of the Democratic Party, this is fantastic for Donald Trump. Yeah, and and believe me, Donald Trump's not above being petty and trying to give him a hard time. Um, But I call it the mod squads. The squad, you know, that that sounds too official. They're the mod squad. And um, they want attention all the time. And that's what they have in, in common with the president of the United States. Both entities want attention all day long. And that's what they do to keep themselves in the news cycle. And uh, I'm surprised uh, Miss Ocasio-Cortez didn't get in on this somehow. Uh, maybe she can water ski uh, past Tel Aviv and wave right. or something. So <laughs> here's look at that. here I have I have the answer. Here it is. But after being criticized by backers of a boycott, Miss Talib too reversed course on Friday, saying that she would not make the trip after all. Quote. Visiting my grandmother under these oppressive conditions stands against everything I believe in. Now, why doesn't she just fly her grandmother to Washington? Well, that's an idea. Maybe she doesn't really care. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you think this is a concentration camp, 
Uh, I'm okay. We're going to let you into Auschwitz to visit with your grandmother. You could go visit and then report on what is exactly happening. She doesn't, she didn't want to go in the first place. She didn't want to go. Here's another good story about the mod squad. Uh, and I reported this on BillOReilly.com last night. So Ocasio-Cortez is running in 2020 because uh, Congress people have to run every two years, right? She's already raised $2 million for her reelection campaign. Out of the $2 million, you know how many in, people in her district donated money? Mm. Like five, isn't it? Ten. Jeez, Ten. that's amazing. <laughs> Ten. And I think they gave a dollar each. So where is this money coming from? I'm, I'm thinking Rob Reiner. I'm, I'm tracing it back to Hollywood. That's where I think this money. Or Soros, he's going to kick in money. Mm-hmm. But see, this woman, she doesn't really represent her district. I mean, we've had story after story after story here in New York where she doesn't even have an office. I mean, she doesn't, nobody knows where she is. This is all showbiz. And I don't know whether I said this to you guys, but I, here is my prediction about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She'll run again, most likely win because the machine in New York, there's no Republicans, mm-hmm. um, although she will be challenged by a Democrat in the primary. Um, and then after her second term, she will resign and show up on The View. 